0: Hello and welcome, everyone, to
1: Plastic, Plastic
0: Climate Planet Future. Dots. Com.
1: Boom. So, so that's that's it. You know, this is we're, we've been working on this jingo since the beginning, and, and we think it's getting better. So, it, it lets you're you getting where,
2: there. It's yeah, very it lets close. Let
1: you know where we started. Okay. We're, <laughs> we're, we're inspired by Wayne's World. I don't know if you. Know. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway, well, we, we just, hope, you know, but
0: we also hope to get some listeners who don't know Wayne's World. Anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, some people that are yeah, yeah young enough to, to still be uh, alive and kicking. Yeah. So hey, it's, it's what is it Thursday night tonight, Matt? It's Thursday. He- hello,
0: hi everyone. Um, today is actually the first time that we are on air in 2022, and <laughs> we hope that everyone has had. A smooth transition between the years, because we definitely had since we managed to get a special guest on today's podcast. And we have we are here together with Claudia from Switzerland. Hi, Claudia, how are you doing?
2: Thank you, Matt. Very well. Hello, John. Hello. Pleasure to be here. Very excited. <laughs>
0: yeah great to to have you here um claudia is a very interesting person and i know what i'm talking about because i met (laughs) claudia almost 12 months ago (laughs) and had the chance to actually learn more about her and of course her activities throughout some joint projects that we're going to talk about today as well um and I think I would just start what you might realize first from her accent that Claudia is Canadian <laughs> <laughs> or American, like just like John. <laughs> <laughs> so well, John has a buddy in Spain today to speak. Oh,
1: yes. Yeah, well, so to speak, because, uh, Claudia, hello. Nice to meet you again here, uh, uh, having uh, met you just a a moment ago. The Uh, pleasure uh, is
2: all mine. Thank you, John.
1: Yes, yes. And uh, indeed, you're you're living in Switzerland. And uh, that being said, we have something in common that we both are are also uh, Americans. Is that correct?
2: Yes, half American. My mother is American, father is German, and both you're from. Pardon me. And you are from?
1: Yeah, I'm from the U.S. I'm from I'm from Arkansas, uh, and wonderful. I've been I've been born and raised in in this in the U.S. Still a U.S. citizen and living here in Europe for now thirty years. So, so you've also lived a long time over here,
2: yeah. Yep, most of my life. Uh, I only spent ten years in the United States total. Actually, only one decade from 1990 to 2000.
1: Oh, wow. So really, I mean, just interesting background. So but uh, anyway, we're, we're, we won't be talking, uh, you know, as much, this we'll save this for another podcast. Yeah. We'd have, we have to talk about this. I really would love to do that uh, here. We, here we're let's see, We're called Plastic Climate Future. And so so we want to talk about uh, plastic climate and future. Not surprisingly, tonight. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I, I know something about who you are and your company uh Matt you know uh, uh, I'll let you take this over here and uh and and ask some questions about this because I'm just going to be quiet and listen here for a minute
0: <laughs> well Claudia so maybe i we start with uh, you telling us something about yourself like we already know where you're coming from mm-hmm. and where you are now um but maybe something more about what you're doing in switzerland okay mm-hmm.
2: so um I moved to Switzerland in 2012 and I taught high school English at an international school here in Zurich and really enjoyed teaching high school English, but um, especially in these last few years, uh, I started to realize that I had really been suppressing this desire to start a business. I've always felt it, it sort of um, ebbed and and flowed. It felt like I was always sort of ignoring it or pushing it away. And then um, one summer I was on vacation uh, in Mallorca, visiting friends. And I started my mornings with an espresso and then a run down to the beach. And Mm -hmm. so, it was on that vacation that I was hit by the business idea. I did not. I didn't. I was really hoping an idea would come to me, and I um, I was sort of impatient for it. But I did know one thing: I did not want it to be anything that wasn't tangible. I wanted something like a product in my hands. I suppose that's from years and years of academia mm-hmm. and uh, comparative literature and poetry analysis. I needed uh, I needed a break from all of the difficult thinking. <laughs> And, uh, so anyway, I got to the, I was on this run down to the ocean and I was wearing, you know, just a sports bra and my running clothes. And I got down to the water and I wanted to not stop at the water. I wanted to keep going into the water and flawlessly and go swimming and then run back home. And I couldn't do it. I, I didn't have my swimming clothes with me. And Mm -hmm. by day three, I was so frustrated. I thought, why, um, why? why not invent a product that's sort of this hybrid product that it would allow us to go jump into the water take a swim come back out and run right back home mm-hmm. so that's really how the idea how wow. the idea came to me yeah so i call and I called my my a friend of mine in miami Beach right she lives right on the beach in miami mm-hmm. a friend from high school and said to her this is a problem I'm having I think we should we should come up with the solution I'm the one with the uh, masters in education, but you—you you have an MBA. Do you want to do this together? And she immediately said yes. She said, "I have this problem every day. I go for a run, and then I'm dripping all over the elevator. We need to come up with a solution."
0: I think I, I can—I can definitely connect to this, um, to this uh, feeling of uh, needing a break from difficult thinking. I had a similar thing when I was doing my, my my quantum chemistry stuff. That's why I switched from academia to something more practical.
1: A question before we get into the you know uh, the connection to 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 uh, uh, what, uh, you know our interest on this podcast. Tell me about the name of your company. Um, you know what? Wh- how do you apply that to, to what, uh, you know your whole idea and what your your offering is? Uh, I'm curious.
2: Yeah, so uh, it's really hard to name a company. It's really Mm -hmm. tricky. We went through a really arduous process of a year, I would say, before we got the name down. We were going back and forth with millions of ideas. It was very frustrating. I thought sometimes it would never happen mm-hmm. um it's tough in a day of dot coms and so forth all being taken we didn't want hyphens we didn't want a strange uh, spelling of things and um mm-hmm. we kind of kept going back to the idea you know of, of of the brand of when you put on clothes we wanted people to feel like they had a superpower when they put on clothes so when I was in German kindergarten I um I remember that I at Trashing at carnival I we were all allowed to dress up and I dressed up as a green elf I had an elf hat and an elf cape <laughs> and I loved it and I loved being an elf, and I didn't want to stop, and I wore this costume every day for weeks. (laughs) And then the teacher called home and was like, okay, what's going on? But I remember that, you know, I think it was the beginning of understanding. Also, my mother always dressed beautifully. I loved watching her as a child. She had long, beautiful, flowy skirts, and and her moving in these leather boots, and I always felt like she was so feminine and beautiful. So I saw how clothes, and felt myself, how clothes really have an impact on how you feel about yourself. Mm -hmm. And with this Special Suijin uh, product, what I really wanted to make sure when, when we would feel, and, and my co founder and I talked about this is like to have a superpower. You know how Superman had to go in the phone booth and change clothes?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm
2: like what if we put on this product and just felt like they had a superpower like it gave them some sort of confidence and power to get through the day successfully or whatever sports activity they're engaging in and so we started looking at superheroes and there is a goddess of clean water clean water. Mm-hmm. And she's Japanese, and her name is Suijin, but spelt with a U instead of R-W.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I even had a uh, my Japanese sister-in-law mm-hmm. called uh, a, Buddha, a Shinto priest to ask permission, are we allowed to actually use deviation, there's an inspiration from this name, and he said, absolutely,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and please come to Kyoto to pray at the temple, mm-hmm. to get good business. I, uh, mm-hmm. Wishes or uh, blessings I the
1: right Mm -hmm, word. Yeah. Wow. That's fascinating.
2: That was a long answer to your question, John.
0: Sorry. (laughs) No, that's (laughs) absolutely fascinating, you know? What I wanted to know is um, what was the motivation to make your product as sustainable as possible from from right from the beginning of the product development? Mm.
2: Well, I mean, you're meant to go outside to play in it, right? You're supposed to go run through the forest and jump into the water, the lakes and the ocean. So it can't damage the environment, right? (laughs) I feel like it, okay. So um, I guess if you're gonna bring a new apparel brand into the world right now, you need to do it, right? It's one of the most damaging industries there are. Mm-hmm. And you can do. You know, it can happen. I mean, it's been really fun to get your assistant, Matt, and trying to figure out how to do this right. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we've had a little bit of luck. There's been serendipity involved, right? Like, really. And, uh, you know, we found, for example, a fiber that leaks absolutely zero microplastics. One of them we're, we're really excited about. But also if you look into, if you start to dig in, a lot of startups are doing wonderful things right now in terms of uh, trying to bring things into the world that are better for the planet. So there's somebody in Brazil who's like figured out how to cover fiber so they don't leak microplastics anymore. Then the whole packaging issue. We actually were talking to a company called Notpla right now about they turn everything they tr- they make plastic-looking bags out of brown seaweed, and you actually should throw you're encouraged to throw the bag into the water afterwards. It's good for the ocean, um, mm-hmm. and so I think there's just that's been really fun for me to explore. It's the right way to go. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I wouldn't do it any other way. It's got to be done that way. Sort of mm-hmm. that's sort of been the guiding star.
1: Hmm. That's really, really. I mean, uh, a lot of a lot of interesting touch points there. Uh, when, when you talk about the, uh, the 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 fibers that you, that you use to make uh, your products, um, uh, are, are are these uh, sourced um, here in Europe, or or you mentioned uh, Brazil, or where are they coming? Yeah. From?
2: The fibers we're working with now are both sourced in europe yes mm-hmm. but then <clears throat> then you have to go further you have to peel further because mm-hmm. of course you've got you've got to get to the raw material uh mm-hmm. level and sometimes you can get there quickly sometimes you can figure that out i've gone to even call chemical companies that provide Mm -hmm. the granulates to fiber producers and ask them questions Mm -hmm. but um, i'm determined to drill all the way down i want to know where it comes from i want to i want to stand hopefully i won't have to stand on an oil rig hopefully it'll be you know in a recycling plant but Mm -hmm. i would like to really make sure i go all and see everything with my own eyes
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah,
0: yeah, Yeah, I think that's Um, really amazing, because, you know, it's, it's so, it became now so common that, you know, product developers, but also consumers, they just want to know all, all these, all this information. This is something mm -hmm. that, that came up over the last couple of months. And then, and then they, they, they build up the knowledge themselves, they they just educate themselves. They try to mm-hmm. find out where, where do those materials come from? How are they made? What is their burden?
2: I think it's really hard to ask the consumer to have the responsibility of those decisions. It's impossible for them to, I mean, to some extent, of course they can inform themselves and do this, but I think it's also in large part um, we can control that. That should be my job as the person bringing the product to the world, right? And then to educate the consumer and make them feel proud to wear the product because oh, they know no. I've done my homework.
1: That's that's a that's that's a great attitude. You know, I think that's a, a super attitude. Uh, that's an attitude of, of a leader, uh, in, in this in, at least in my my point of view, uh, to to take that extra step uh, to do that. You know, and ed, you know indeed, uh, 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 you know it, it's 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 not really practical realistic and it's just not going to happen to to shift it but it, it's there's a history of this uh industries shift trying to shift the burden all the way down to the, to the consumer uh knowing that that's not going to be effective but but actually not really caring about solution but just wanting to shift the burden and, and to have a business leader uh, uh, yeah, entrepreneur uh, visionary etc like someone like you uh, to, to, to see that as uh, hey this is just part of the what it means to do what I'm doing you know I think it is really uh it, it that that's that's inspiring for, for for an old person like me, so <laughs>
2: Huh. it's there's really no fun no, no, no it's, not, there. it's just right. an yeah. yeah thank you no it's been really fun to learn about it i think i have Partly, party it's also i get to learn all this right and i get to see it all myself mm-hmm. it's been fascinating so
1: mm-hmm. yeah so, something that uh, we can come to uh uh, uh matt matt knows this uh, uh as as a common interest that we have uh it's something i'm really really uh involved with and passionate about and that is is uh uh, I'm sure you you are thinking about this and that is you know the uh once once the uh I mean these 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 these, these uh, products that you make I mean they last forever you know but but someday forever will be done uh and so therefore uh how 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 do you deal with it once it needs to be um you know in so called end of life uh recycled uh, how, have you thought about that much because uh I would think that that would also be part of of the uh, overall picture.
2: So, this is really exciting because uh, that's been very helpful. It's meeting a chemist is always fascinating. I love working with chemists and I love working with engineers. These are my two favorite, two favorite next, you know, fav- them and the swim runners, my three favorite tribes, my new tribes. I love them. Uh, they're always problem solving and thinking about how we can do things and it's fun to ask them questions um, and work out solutions as teams bec- yeah because i think the brains just work differently it's really refreshing so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um one thing i'm just i'm learning i have a lot more to learn about chemistry i need to learn more about chemistry i need to learn much more about the process of going from crude oil to synthetic material and how that works i've been studying that a little bit to try to figure it out because uh, you can't ask the question for example Example: The question, "How much?" I had this question that I asked the other day at dinner in front of a couple of people from fiber industries, and said, "What if we took? We'd had a couple of glasses of wine. Like, how much oil does it take to make a, you know, sports bra, for example?" And I'm holding my glass. I'm like, "How much oil?" And of course, that's the wrong question because we now, you know, we know how oil is taken apart and how it's put into different. Um, uh, um, huge refining processes that make yeah. it impossible to really answer that question.
1: Well so, well but yeah, that that being said, I think I think it's a great question. So so don't knock yourself.
2: <laughs> I think <it's> a <laughs> good question. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I, mean, I just but, want I'm just curious I had no idea. Then um Uh, What Matt and I started figuring out is that the possible two fiber combinations that we're looking at might be related or from the same chemical family close enough so that theoretically, and this would be my dream, at the end of its life, customers could send it back to us. We hack it up. We feed it back in, melt it down, and make it into a brand new swim runner. Et voila. And then uh, people can buy it again, of course. That would be the circular process that would excite me. If we could ever get there, I, um, I think Matt's mm-hmm. going to help.
1: hmm mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but that that would be actually really exciting because if you're going to do something like this, I was thinking, well, then maybe they'll buy a Swegian product instead of a competing product that is, you know, not as um, and uh, not 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 con- circular.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And I guess you could design products from the beginning to be like that. And as a new company, I think it's probably easier, right?
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I, that's I think a that's a good point blame. in the end. Yeah, that's a that's a good point that I that the whole innovation that, that or or the broad range of innovation is is coming from the startups because they have the possibility to you know to start from the scratch. It's much more difficult to for a for a larger company to even if, if they know that they they can change and they have to improve something, but you know, to shift the big tanker into a different direction is is much more difficult than having a little speedboat um, mm. that can change the direction and so on. But what I r- r- really find fascinating is that like this 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 energy and and this motivation of you, Claudia, to really get in so deeply into this topic because I mean, obviously you you. you enter a new field, you you learn chemistry, you learn how to make fibers, you learn how to weave fibers, you learn how to, you know, design clothes and stuff like that. Um, so one question that I would have is what, what did you, or what was the most fascinating thing in terms of maybe materials or sustainability that you learned on during this journey about the fashion industry? And how they deal with materials and especially like when, when we talk, you know, most of the materials in the fashion industry are are also plastics in the end because most of them are synthetic fibers.
2: Uh, yeah, no, I think it's when you think about the clothes that we're wearing, the clothes, <laughs> just our clothes are, you know, responsible for 10% of the world's carbon emissions alone, just our clothes that we're wearing, it's a little bit bizarre to wrap your it doesn't seem it's hard to believe it's hard to wrap your brain around and Mm. so um you know it's a dirty industry we know it's uh tricky and uh I thought okay local supply chain first of all I want to be able to go and see everything with my own eyes our local supply chain during corona was really actually where a lot of companies are going back to that right now Mm -hmm. um I uh was concerned about um synthetic products because when i first started thinking about the idea i thought about biomimicry and uh, i remember the lotus plant being especially hydrophobic i remember being on vacation with my um family in myanmar at lake in Lee lake and watching the whole production of taking the stem of the lotus plant and uh taking it apart and spinning it and weaving it and making it into a beautiful silk uh, lotus uh, scarf and i thought okay what could we do with the biomimicry so unfortunately the complexity of this product demands that it's uh synthetic it's it's um something we have to do and we also know that in the cotton industry there's horrible problems as well and so yeah. I'm learning a lot about why synthetics might not necessarily even be worse than plant-based fibers
1: yeah that's a good point that's a good point to make that uh uh that that you know the, uh, do do not be uh this is not me lecturing at all. I'm speaking to myself here. Do, do not be uh, falling into the trap of, 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 of uh, if you will, the, 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 the dirty word. In this sense, like you say the word synthetic, verse, and then you say the word natural. Uh, I mean, uh, everything that we've been put into us since the very beginning of our existence is like, well, which word is more pleasant to hear? In the word is natural or synthetic. Uh, but 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 when you look at what's behind the word uh, the word synthetic here it, it, you know the fibers that that are needed to make the, the products that you that you uh, t- to have the functional purpose that you want them to have and then to do it at, at the scale where it makes a difference uh actually it, it, it really it really can make better sense from a carbon footprint perspective from from a management of, of, of resources perspective to, to go with a synthetic option over the quote natural option so anyway just something um, something I, I would say there so
0: yeah I think what is what what um, <clears throat> you also mentioned on your website in the end that you're one of the goals is also to to, to have a certain performance that you or performance requirements that you need to um, achieve and and um, that's also part of a sustainability strategy in the end because uh, you have to be very careful in uh, in choosing the, the right material classes in the end to reach a performance level that will satisfy the customer so that yeah. the customer will also use it for a long time and then like this also mm-hmm. prevent waste or as you mentioned already in the beginning, like use a certain type of material that uh, is not um, Decomposing and parts of it, as let it be microplastics, uh, mm-hmm. dissolve somewhere and and into the environment. Um, but it, what I what I really find fascinating is also the way you uh, uh, your transparency, like the way you you openly mm-hmm. say, okay, we have to communicate it. We have to we have to t- tell it to our customers. It has to be obvious. They have to know what they have. <laughs> And only like this, we can, we can close the loop. And I also want to have uh, the, the assurance that if I get some material from somewhere, I just uh, want to know, want to see the, the plan, and I, I want to see where it comes from. And I want to have this, uh, this full transparency, not only for, for yourself as a business, but also towards the customer. Mm-hmm. Um, is it something like, is it like an intrinsic motivation that you had or is it is it part of your product strategy?
2: Um, probably because of also my own frustration as a consumer. I just feel mm-hmm. like it's it's got to stop being left in the dark about what we're buying. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually, it's no longer acceptable. I It frustrates me to no end. I want to know if I'm paying a premium price point, does that mean that I'm actually, can be rest assured that the working conditions of uh the garment manufacturers are 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 favorable are are Mm. where you know and um and unfortunately all you get in a label is washing instructions and then where it was with assembled really the garment manufacturing but you don't have any more behind that there's some companies trying to do more now and my really wish would be that every product is out first of all durable right like you buy mm-hmm. it once and you love this thing and you can keep going with it mm-hmm. um we've all had products like that there are, we love them and mm-hmm. um, that's one thing i i really wanted to make sure that i could give that to the consumer because I love that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two is a QR code that either comes in the product or with the product, hopefully on the product. We're still working to see if that's possible Mm -hmm. and uh, that would I mean, imagine taking your phone in the store and you hold it over the QR code and there it goes and it unfolds the whole supply chain and tells you what the product's gone through and where and um, just to know, okay, if I'm paying this price, I know that uh, I can wear Swijin knowing 100% this company has done its homework and that they stand behind what they said. And I actually have some control in seeing what that is.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, it, uh, I, I, I uh, well, I, I'm... You know, uh, I don't know if I'm 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 the right uh, demographic to buy your product, but if I were, I would buy it. Okay.
2: <laughs> you will be. Well, we're we're gonna take care of you too. Right? Yeah, take care of men uh, and children, really. Uh, I definitely
1: will recommend yeah. my, to 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 people I know because because, because also I mean this is uh, and also I mean I'm joking here making light, but at the same time there's a serious point, and that is. You know, you, you you mentioned premium price point, etc. Uh, and 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 uh, as a consumer myself, it's like uh, on certain products, products um, like I, I uh, for yeah, products that you want to use for a long period of time to do certain things that that are really close to you. Uh, yeah, you you uh, I'm willing to pay that money also to have that peace of mind that 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 this product has. Has this thought and this in this this process and this work put into it that that you're talking about and that you're doing, uh, it, it it it's I mean, um, I uh, yeah. Especially if you talk about a uh, a, a product that, that you want to use for a long period of time that and something that you love doing, so that you're willing to pay because of that. I would I would want to include that. So so. Uh, it's good that, that yeah, that's
2: encouraging, John. Thank you.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, okay. it, it, yeah, but I, I think I think I I, I mean, Matt knows I- infinitely more about this uh, in his his work on this than, than me. Uh, uh, but but I, I think uh, that this is, uh, you know, uh, this is uh, the, the future and, and actually, to some extent, the present.
2: Yes. Yeah. Uh,
1: you know, I mean uh, yeah, so it's I,
2: possible, I, I, all of it. It's possible. Now you just have to be careful. i have been I mean, we went through industry partners who I mean literally would they laughed at me when I said, I wanna know, okay, so who's where are you getting your fiber and where are they sourcing the raw material for the fiber for the granulates? And this producer said, um, was manufactured at I me and he said, He just started laughing. He laughed at me and he's like Oh, my gosh, they have no control over their supply chain. They're never going to be able to tell you that. You can forget about that. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's just lazy. Like, who? Yeah, what? Yeah. I get they're complex. I understand that, that I don't even yeah. know how complex they are. I understand that. And yeah. people have warned me, like, when you go there, be car- it's crazy. I'm mm-hmm. like, really? How nuts can it be? It's like, why? But companies are buying things from suppliers. Why don't they have? What does that? What does it even mean not to have control of your supply chain? You're, mm-hmm. You checked in your accounting, figure it out. I don't think that that's acceptable. Mm-hmm. So I won't work with manufacturers who refuse to oh, be transparent. And there's a lot of manufacturers who are. So there's really a divide. You see it. Some will not, and others are completely open. Mm-hmm. You just mm-hmm. have to do your homework. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Visit them. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, I Matt... You, yeah, yeah, I was I supposed to it, ask you Matt about how, how does this yeah. fit into your circular economy thinking, yeah?
0: But I think it fits it fits into both uh, our circular economy thinking but also our, our mission against greenwashing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> this is something mm-hmm. that that Plastic Climate Future is 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 standing for, also like a trustful, transparent conversation mm-hmm. and no greenwashing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think you can achieve through projects like this, who, where, where you can showcase that it's possible, it's possible to find out where the, do the materials come from, it's possible to, to um, communicate it to the consumer, and you add value to this, and you add value to your product, you add value for the consumer, you add value for, for the supply chain, because in terms of circularity, you open up the view for for uh, all the stakeholders to consider the entire system and suddenly they see they have a different meaning maybe in than just being part of a linear chain where they're invisible but suddenly they're there they're visible they can interact and and I think that's the beauty of of, of such innovations and and especially of of uh, these passion driven, and uh, endeavors as we as we see it now from claudia that that uh it's a new approach in the end and i think this mm-hmm. is this is very disruptive and um yeah i i, I really love it like I, I i think this is and a great example and and it's it's amazing that we have it on our podcast
1: <laughs> absolutely yeah i mean uh <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, allow me. Uh, I don't know, this may be uh, cut or not. I don't know, but uh, you know, I have to say that it? It, it, this part of what well, I'm getting ready to say maybe maybe cut here, Claudia and Matt. So, what I want to say is like, you know, <clears throat> I, I couldn't think of much of more exciting topic to talk about than uh plastic climate future and then add to that you know uh sport bras you know so, so <laughs> really really interesting and i'm not you know i'm going to maintain political correctness here of course but but the, yeah this is this is just a cool subject for us to talk about it to say
0: so. yeah and, and, and the cool thing is that it, it actually you know sport bras that cover all the important aspects that we have to think about for to 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 complete the mission to have a sustainable future with plastics right yeah yeah indeed that's a, that's indeed. the beauty of it well i think um because we were we were we were coming to the end here, um and oh we have a little hobby uh john and me um which is music uh we're, we're both of us are playing guitar a bit. um so <laughs> therefore We have a Plastic Climate Future playlist, which you can find on Spotify. You can also find it on our website. And uh, we started asking all our guests at the end of the podcast to name two or three songs that we can then place in their name onto this playlist. Anything that connects to you or our podcast or anything that you want the world to listen to more often.
2: Yeah. Okay, so the first artist is uh, a, a Swiss artist, oh, wow. Sophie Hunger, and it's a song about being gentle and free and independent. It's one of my favorites of hers, and um, it's called Le Venu Potera. Then I have another one. Oh, she has, an, by the way, she has a whole album called Molecules.
0: Mm, that's uh that's the perfect <laughs> i thought
2: that was perfect, really no john's like oh
0: my god no I yeah, <laughs> yeah, future um, we should invite her on our podcast yeah yeah indeed okay then since so, we,
2: were, we were talking circularity so i have one called in the loop and uh-huh. that is um in emerging uk hip-hop artist but uh the name of that is god's house so i'll send you the link and um what, finally, what's, the the,
1: what's the name of it again God's House. You mean like the big G? Big, the God, God's House? Yeah. That's oh, him. Okay. God's House.
2: From the album In the Loop.
1: <laughs> in the Loop. In the Loop. Okay.
2: And then finally, The Circle Game by Tony Mitchell. For the line and go round and round and round in the circle game
1: because we're trying to be
0: circular yeah great yeah this is super stuff yeah beautiful super super. all right um for now i i'm I'm really super happy that we had the chance to talk with you claudia um and uh for us obviously you freed the time as a busy founder uh of a startup Mm. so that's an honor for us and uh we will definitely be looking forward to hear more about Swijin in the future. Um, and I guess the best way is to, also for our listeners who want to who want to get to know more is the best way is to follow Swijin online on the website and mm-hmm. uh, probably through your LinkedIn channel. And I will uh, post the link to your website on the, to the show notes so that people can find you so in the end thank
2: you so much this was so much fun thank you Matt and John (laughs) I learned so much from you guys so I really appreciate it and I hope I can come back with some more questions to you because uh yeah chemists are fascinating as I said before
0: (laughs) perfect thanks a lot bye-bye